This is Town Square Sunday On Demand. And now, 1420 WBSM's Jim Phillips. Our friend Jack Spillane, columnist for the New Bedford Light, joins me again this morning for a look at some of the top stories in our region. Uh, Welcome back, Jack. Nice to be here, Jim. Okay. Well, we are just days away from the municipal election. Who is working hard and who is hardly working, Jack? (laughs) That's a great question, Jim. (laughs) That that always is the question as to what's going to happen. Um, I'll tell you who I have the impression that is working hard. And that is uh, Devin Burns, um, Scott Lima, uh, Linda Morad, mm-hmm. Naomi Carney. Science for Linda. I saw this week. Um, <clears throat> uh, can't say the mayor is working hard. Um, uh, I can't say his opponent is working hard. Uh, I would say that up in Ward One, Leo Chiquette is working hard. I think Brad Markey is is working. Uh, I think he has less time. Than Leo, but he's working. Okay. Um, All right. So um, I should mention Joe Lopes and Zach Boyer in Ward Five. Yep. Uh, do we have a real chance for an upset in the at-large race, for instance? Um, obviously, we've got you mentioned some hard-working candidates, but can they get one of the five seats? So um, I think Arthur Hirsch had a story on the at-large race in the New Bedford Light this week. Mm-hmm. in which he explained that in the preliminary election, all five incumbents came in the first five spots, but Naomi Carney only finished 47 votes ahead of Scott Lima, and Linda Morad, 61 votes ahead of Scott Lima. So he seems on the precipice, and if he can get his uh, vote turnout, the mayor is reportedly helping him, uh, if he can get that turnout in um, Ward 4, I think will be important to him. Ward 5, where he's from. Uh, and I hear he's working Ward 1 and Ward 6, the tip of Ward 6 of the peninsula. Mm-hmm. So um, that may be a race to watch for. Uh, Devin Burns is about 200 and something votes behind them. That's within distance, but it's it's a, it's a good bit to make up um, in the preliminary. Um, but he is uh, well known from his shop, Destination Soups. Um, I think up in Ward 1, Leo Chiquette, only finished 44 points behind last time, and so he has a chance of of doing the upset. All right. Um, so there is some uh, chance for movement here. Uh, we'll just have to wait until well, the incumbents, they could, uh, you know, uh, the incumbents do have an advantage, uh, clearly, and uh, we'll just have to wait and see about how it all goes. But I think... Uh, uh, clearly, uh, it should be an interesting night. Again, we don't have a big turnout number to think about. I I don't know what it's going to be, but um, I, I think I think it'll be around ten, twelve percent. Yeah, it's certainly more than the preliminary. So we've got we also got a race uh, in in Ward Five. Joe Lopes, a former Ward Six counselor, and Mr. Boyer, who was. Uh, running uh, again, uh, running in Ward 5. Um, Joe won you that. look at it and you say Lopes is the favorite. What's the what's the deal there? Oh, I think he's definitely the favorite. He he won the preliminary by uh, somewhere around 2-1. to one. I mean, so it was a wide margin. I, uh, I mean, Zach Boyer, who is a candidate I like, um, finished um, ahead of the other 
candidate in whose name I'm forgetting yeah. um, uh, in Ward Five, but um, not nearly. Um, I would I would be very surprised if he's able to pull the upset. All right, so we'll we'll be watching that one. Uh, I, I wrote down here. Can we expect any other surprises? I would guess a fifteen percent voter turnout would be a surprise. I think that's probably yes. True. I, I do want to put in a word because there's been a lot said about New Bedford's low voter turnout, and it's true, but it's also low these days in the towns. Um, the last town spring election was thirteen percent in Fairhaven and twelve percent in Dartmouth, and the last municipal election, the final, where you didn't have a mayor race was 10% in New Bedford. So those are, I mean, New Bedford's a little bit worse than the towns, but but virtually voting is just not, at the local level, that popular anymore. Yeah. Sad well, to say. I know you've written a column about this. You've explained it well. Um, I think it's pretty sad that we're talking about numbers like 8 or 10 or 13. Uh, but I... Uh, I guess I'm the eternal optimist. I keep hoping that we. There's have... been there's been some talk by the mayor about uh, maybe changing the New Bedford election to align with the presidential elections in the state elections mm-hmm. because the turnout is bigger on them. The downside of that is that there is so much focus on the presidential and governor's races and things like that that they think that you wouldn't get the focus. But there's no focus now. So. Yeah, yeah I I'm I'm all for changing whatever they have to do to get more people to vote, whether it's Saturday, whether it's, I don't care. I mean, they're doing early voting. Uh, I mean, you got poll workers probably sitting there not doing a great deal. And I wonder how effective that really is. Manny DiBretto told me that the early voting was about twice as much as last time, this time, but that's 6% to 12%. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. But still, okay. That's cool. Uh, I'm okay with that. Uh, but, uh, yeah, I, I'm personally, I'm in favor of doing anything to increase uh, the number of people voting. Uh, we're electing the leaders of the city of New Bedford. As New Bedford goes, so goes the region. At least that's what they say. Uh, and so um, this is important. This is important stuff. So, uh, again, on uh, November 7th, uh, voting day, election day, uh, please get out and vote for your city leaders. Um, you don't, you really shouldn't complain if you haven't gotten out and voted. Well, that's the other thing they say too, and I I happen to kind of agree with that. Although I think people complain anyway. But anyway, speaking of politics, you recently wrote a column on the Ward Five candidate's position on sober houses. Um, what did you think of uh, some of the? positions that were stated. I know you said you're, you uh, favor some of the positions of uh, Mr. Boyer in Ward 5, um, and he spoke out in favor of um, uh, sober houses. Yes. Is that so, a fair so, characterization? Yes, yes. So Zach Boyer is a social worker. He works at Coastline Elderly Services, mm-hmm. I, I think, doing um, adult programming over there. So you'd expect him to be sensitive to this kind of an issue. It's a tough issue. Um, the sober houses are now deemed by the federal government um, addiction, uh, whether it be uh, substance abuse by of alcohol or drugs, is considered a disability. And so there are protections for where these sober houses can be located. 
they my understanding is they do have to comply with zoning laws in terms of say you say there's no rooming houses allowed here it would have to comply with that but if you do allow the rooming house then you can't reject it on the grounds that you don't like sober house clientele uh, the sober house clientele if it's well run and they're checking people who relapse and all that they can be okay uh, but if they're not well run uh, Councillor Markey in the, at the Ward 1 debate the other night said that in his ward there are some that are well run and some that are not well run. And if they are not checking, you have situations like people are drinking in public, uh, littering, worse. Making uh, noise. And, and, you know, and so it's, it, it is a nuisance that the neighbors should not have to put up with. So I think the people in this very affluent neighborhood around Dash Street and Moreland Terrace where some of the, the, the most well-known politicians in the city live, um, uh, have are, are understandably very concerned about this house on Ash Street that has sat, sat vacant for decades because it's a difficult lot. It's a massive mansion on a lot that doesn't have a backyard. It has a side yard, but you know I can see it being redone as maybe four condos, and some neighbors have told me that they would accept that, but it's a single-family residential neighborhood, um, but you know there, there does not appear to be anything on the New Bedford books that prevents them from going there. Now the the um, owner has said maybe he'll do something else after this outpouring of opposition came. But I just want to make the point that I admired Zach Boyer's courage in saying this is an illness. People, we need to provide care for these people, and it's not fair to take the position that the care will only be done in low-income neighborhoods. There are reportedly 10 to 20 um, sober houses already in the city. We don't hear about them because the neighborhoods have not mobilized the way this neighborhood has. They are doing it on the basis of it's a historic district, but I haven't heard anything about him wanting to do something to the history of the house. Uh, And Mr. Lopes uh, didn't come right out and say he opposes sober houses, um, but what, how would you characterize his uh, stance? Well, I, I thought Joe took a very reasonable position. He said he has some experience with them when he was the Ward 6 counselor, and if they're well-run, they're well-run. But if they're not well-run, they really can be a nuisance, and um, you can have a situation where the the only check is a, a non-profit volunteer check to see that they're doing the drug testing, they're doing the alcohol testing to make sure that these facilities are being well-run. And it's not really, a, there's no really strong government oversight. And th- he said that he's going to lobby the legislative delegation to change that. I think there are federal laws involved, so he may have to bring in Keating. All right. Uh, so you're listening to Town Square Sunday. I'm Jim Phillips. My guest, Jack Spillane, columnist for the New Bedford Light. You can read Jack's work and much more at newbedfordlight.org. Overdoses in New Bedford continue to be a major concern. In fact, the light reported recently that New Bedford residents die of overdoses at twice the state rate, according to figures, the latest figures from 2022. Um, Massachusetts Congressman William Keating, speaking at a conference at UMass Dartmouth, said he supported safe injection sites as a way to reduce drug overdoses. I know when I read that, that comment raised some eyebrows, at least with me. I was surprised when I read that. I I actually thought, well, maybe Keating is going to retire and not run for re-election, because that is a comment that certainly 
his Republican op- opposition, if not a Democratic opponent, would oppose him on. Yeah. I happen to agree with him. I think it's the right position. I think it's a courageous position, like with Mr. Boyer to take. Um, safe injection sites. I mean, you could have safe injection sites legalized everywhere tomorrow. I'm still not going to shoot up. You know, people say it's going to encourage people to do that. I I, I don't know about that. I, I, I think that people seem to have found a way to do it in great numbers when it's illegal. So, you know, making it safe, you know, people who have loved ones generally want them to survive. So that's the rationale behind this. And the New Bedford Light has done some stories where one woman, she lost two sons, two mm-hmm. sons to, to addiction. And things are laced with fentanyl now, so you don't even know what you're getting. That's right. And it's a, it's a very dangerous world out there. Of course, if you thought citing a sober house in a residential area was hard work, uh, wait until you try and cite an overdose prevention site, because those are going to be, I think, harder at the site. Um, where people can safely consume illicit drugs under medical supervision. Are there any such sites? I think there are. There are some safe sites uh, in Massachusetts. I'm not sure. I, I think there must be uh, yeah. countrywide um, you would think uh, a metropolitan medical setting would be the best place to do this. I don't know that South Coast Health or Hawthorne would be particularly interested in it, but to me, if you're going to have this kind of a service for something that is dealing with an illness, that's the best place to have it, rather than as a storefront in a residential neighborhood. Although I suppose if you live near South Coast or Hawthorne, you said, well, my residence is near there. Yeah, that's right. Um, and we've heard about um, safe uh, injection sites before. And uh, it was tossed around a few years ago um, in, for New Bedford. Um, do you think this concept will surface in New Bedford again? I know that there are many groups that deal with addiction and recovery who favor these sites, many, many people uh, who favor the sites and feel, you know, maybe five years ago or 10 years ago wasn't the right time. I'm not sure today's the right time either, but will it resurface? Have you heard anything? Well, Jacob Ventura, when he ran in Ward 3, suggested that he was against it. There was no proposal in front of the city at that time. The city councilors uh, have been overwhelmingly against it when they've made comments. Um, When I first got here 24 years ago, it was just after a vote on not safe injection sites, but needle exchange. And that was a vote overwhelmingly against it. So I, I, my sense is that people would not vote for it in a community like New Bedford. You know, I, I, um, but I think that that doesn't mean it isn't the right thing to do if you talk to recovery specialists sure. and addiction specialists. Well, um, again, New Bedford residents die of overdoses at twice the statewide rate. That is a scary number. The need is here. Yeah, they need it. They need something here. I'm, you know, uh, I'm leery of these sites too, uh, personally, but I, we need something. People are still dying. I think, I think we're all leery of them. These are tough yeah. issues. Yeah. Um, it is interesting to me when people have loved ones who succumb to it, how it changes their attitudes. We might say, well, of course, they had a loved one. But, you know, we're at epidemic proportions now. 
New Bedford Police Union, Jack, recently voted no confidence in the police chief, Paul Oliveira. Um, political ploy, bargaining thing, what, what's going on with the union? Well, I, I think at this point that they, they, they seem to vote no confidence in a lot of chiefs. You may remember that the chief before this, they not only voted no confidence in, but they, they asked Mayor Mitchell to fire Joe Cordero. Um, and then before that, they voted no confidence in, um, I want to get the name right. It was not the chief who passed away, but the chief before him. Um, uh, um, oh boy, I can't pull it out of my memory. But but this is the third no confidence vote that they've, they've made in the last twenty years. In four, in f- three out of four chiefs, Preventure, I think the chief who died, David Preventure, yeah. was the only one who they didn't. And um, it, be, it begins to look like um, is the problem the chief or the problem that the union would rather run the police department themselves. Yeah. And and there, there are serious issues in the police department. The shortage of manpower is the main one. Trickle down. Yeah. To, uh, I mean, I can remember 250, 260. Are we under 200 now? Yes, I, I believe mean, we are. Officers? Yeah, that it's, it's, a, it's a serious problem. It's a countrywide problem in the wake of Malcolm, um, not Malcolm Gracia, which was New Bedford's own, uh, uh, troubling case, but in the wake of um, George Floyd, uh, there's been a lot of publicity about police brutality, and it's harder to attract people into the, that's a countrywide problem, then New Bedford has its own problems in terms of pay, and, and let's face it, a lot of officers leave to go to the suburbs once they have some experience, where, it's an, have. where it's an easier no job. I don't know what's gonna solve that. It's always going to be more difficult to be a police officer in New Bedford than in Fairhaven. You know, all right. So that's the problem. We didn't come up with any solution, but I bet we talk about this again. Yeah. I bet we do. And before we, before we, uh, in a short period of time, I really do think it's yeah. uh, it's something we. Yeah, I, I should say that the ma- the mayor described it as same old, same old. That was Mayor Mitchell's. They, yeah. they, he noted yeah. that they had just uh, settled a a contract where they got a significant raise. Yeah. Well, um, thank you very much, Jack, for coming in. I appreciate it very much. Jack Spillane of the New Bedford Light has been my guest. You can read Jack's work and uh, a lot of other interesting stories at newbedfordlight.org. Uh, thanks for coming in. We'll talk to you later in the month. Thanks for having me, Jim. All right. Stay with us. Much more to come on Town Square Sunday. Don't go away.